Well, praise God. So we go in. Praise God. I'm sorry. That's what happens if you don't turn your microphone on. But anyway, praise God. I'm glad you're with us tonight for this night uh, of the Spirit of Light, the session number five, that we're talking about what it means to be saved, what your salvation is. I pray this message has been a blessing to you and that you have grown and things are developing and things are doing good in your life. So anyway, let's pray and then let's get started. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you tonight that, Lord, as we join together and join our hearts together and our faith together tonight, Lord, I just thank you for the power of God being present with everyone, Lord, reaching into their homes, touching them, blessing them, the radios, wherever they are, Lord God, listening, watching the broadcast. I just thank you, Lord God, that great is the Lord and great is his faithfulness. And Lord, even when times are that, that we don't know what's going on or we're reeling back and forth and wondering, Lord, like, like Psalms, the psalmist said, man, we're at our wits end. But Lord, there you are. You reach out and you grab people and you pull them up out of the miry clay. Lord, I just thank you for right now touching hearts, touching lives, touching people that are distraught. Lord, just being there with them. Lord, that, that, that there's no, no one can comfort like you. There's no one that can comfort like you. There's no one that can touch the depths of our heart and to really know what's going on in our lives but you. And so, Lord, I pray right now tonight, no matter what I say in this message, no matter what comes out of my lips, I just believe you, Lord God, to do a miracle in people's lives. That, Lord, people will hear from the Spirit of God tonight. They will hear exactly what they need to hear. That, Lord, it will set them free. That you'll do a miracle in their lives. That people that have been waiting for answers, Lord, tonight, they're going to hear an answer. That you're going to work your miracle power into their lives. And so, Lord, I just praise you for that. I thank you, Lord God, for just bringing all of us together to understand more about what the spirit of life is all about. For living a life with you, Lord God, should not be a life of torment, but should be a life of peace and a life of joy. And that's what we're going over this, the spirit of life, what salvation means to us. So Holy Ghost, help us to understand, help us to open up our minds, get away from maybe even teaching that we've had in the past that isn't right. And just bring us to this place that we can come, that we can truly have that Zoe life of God, the very essence, what all life is coming forth from us, Lord, the spirit of life coming out of us, because that's what you said salvation brings in our life. And so, Lord, I praise you for it and I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out and go to Romans chapter 8, verse 4. I want to start there. Now, we've been here a couple of weeks. Uh, well, five, this is fifth session, so four weeks I've been teaching on the spirit of life. And uh, if you, this is your first one you've tuned into, I want to encourage you to go back and uh, watch the broadcast. They'll bless you. But I want to start in Romans chapter 8, verse 4. It says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is is life and peace. Now, <clears throat> I don't want to step on everybody's toes tonight, but since there's not that many of you here in church and everybody else is out watching, 
I don't have to worry too much. And, and just don't turn me off. Just don't reach for that dial. Don't click that button, okay? But, uh, you know, when we're, a lot of us are raised up in a, in a denominational church. And you start talking about the difference between the flesh and the spirit. And so then somewhere along the lines, the good people of the church decided that they would categorize or say, what are things of the flesh? And so people all started coming out with all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, your hair was too long. Woman's hair needed to be long. A man's hair needed to be short. You know, it had to be this, it had to be that. You couldn't do this. You couldn't dance. You couldn't. You no, know, I mean, they came up with all these things trying to say, well, that's of the flesh. But that is not at all what the Apostle Paul is talking about right here. When he's telling the church at Rome, what he's talking about is, is what I have been going through the whole spirit of life. That you're born again. The spirit of God lives on the inside of you and you've been born again. Look, folks, you've been transformed. There's something. You're, you're an alien. The Bible says you have been, been transformed and you're a new creature. There, you're, the spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. That's the spirit of God. The flesh, what Paul is saying here. It says, if you set your, your mind on the flesh so that you become carnally minded, it literally means to be a meathead. That's what the word if it is translated literally. It means a meathead. In other words, you're just thinking with just your brain. You're just thinking with what, what, what you can do, what do you know in the world, what would just normally be the way things happen that, you know, this is the way it's going to be because that's the way it's always happened. You're thinking all out of your head. It really has nothing to do with, with, with dress or any of this. It has to do with how are you, you're walking in this world system and you're thinking like everybody else in the world, but you're calling yourself a Christian. That's not what Paul meant. What he meant is that there's a spirit of life. On the inside of you because you have been born again because the, the spirit of God has touched you. And you can think differently if you so choose to think differently. But if you want to stay carnally minded, you want to be offended, you want to be angry, you want to be hurt, you want to be a victim, you want to go through all this mentality, you know, woe is me, kind of a person. Well, then what's going to happen to you is you're going to stay over in the world's way of thinking. You're going to be known as carnally minded, you're not going to enter into the things of the flesh. So let me show you an example. Go to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Luke 19, what's the story of Zacchaeus? We all know it from like children's Sunday school or whatever, but I just want to show you something here tonight. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was short-statured. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him, and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down, and he received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Okay, I want to just stop right there for a second. If there was anybody in this story being carnally minded, it was all the people saying, oh, look at him. He went to go be over at the house to be a guest with the, the sinner man over there, judging Jesus. That's, if there was anybody that was a meathead, 
It was all of them standing around out there, pointing the finger at Jesus, look what he did. You see, that's what happens when you live a life based not by the Spirit and by the, the Spirit of life that's been birthed on the inside of you through being born again. You're still thinking in your head, you're looking at all this. I mean, you know, folks, sometimes the best way to be is keep your mouth quiet. Just don't say nothing. But now look at old Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. He, he, he had a lot. He was, if nothing else, everybody feared him for who he was. And here this guy goes and climbs up a tree just to see Jesus, just to get a glimpse of Jesus. You know, when's the last time you did that? Just climbed up a tree to go see Jesus. All right. Anyway, let me move on. And he says, then Zacchaeus stood and he said, Lord, Lord, look, I, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus mentioned nothing? He said nothing to Zacchaeus about, you know, dude, you're a thief. You're, you've been ripping people off. You're sorry. You're, you're, you're a meathead. He didn't say nothing. Jesus never said anything. The very, listen, here we go. The very presence of God there in the house, Zacchaeus was convicted of just being in the presence of God. He was convicted. Now, that's a benefit of the spirit of life. <laughs> because when you're walking and, and you're born again and the, and the spirit of God is on the inside of you, when the presence of God is, a, is there, you connect and God begins to show you things. Now, Zacchaeus here, evidently, the thing he saw was that he was, he wasn't doing too good, right? He's stealing. But he's convicted. He said, I want to restore. And then Jesus turns around and says, Today, salvation has come to your house. So one of the keys of understanding being born again is that you become alive unto the spirit of God and the things of God. You become alive so that, that now you can know the things of God and know what God's doing and going on because you're born again because you have a connection down on the inside of you, just like Zacchaeus. His whole thinking changed. Here's a guy that was a tax collector getting as much money as he possibly could for something. And now he's, he's Mr. Generosity. <laughs> he's going around blessing everybody, okay? So his thinking instantly changed. So let me tell you something. When your thinking begins to change and you begin to get in contact with the Spirit of God and the things of the Spirit of God, then all of a sudden you have the ability to tell the devil to shut up. Because there's, this, there's, this, there's these two Forces going on at all times. The Spirit of God trying to speak to you, and I'm talking to somebody who's born again. If you're not born again, well, this doesn't apply because you're not born again. But if you're born again and the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, well, then you have the ability to hear the voice of God the, and, and the Spirit of God to begin to speak to you and lead you and guide you, bring life out through you. But the devil also is going to be trying to throw in and get you to revert back to your old ways, being a meathead. Thinking in the things of the flesh, he's going to work at you. He's going to pick at you. He's going to bring things up. He's going to bring accusations up. He's going to cause there to be fights, going to cause there to be divisions. He's going to do everything he can to sow seed, throw seed, throw seed, to get you to go back to thinking like you used to think when you just walked in this world. Listen, nobody ever said being a Christian is easy. It's easier to just be a heathen. Just tell everybody what you think. Cuss everybody out. Throw stuff. Throw stuff. 
Do whatever you want to. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be probably divorced. You know, your kids ain't going to like you. Nobody in town going to like you, okay? But it's easy to be that way. You can just be an idiot. But to be a Christian, you're always having to push back and fight back. The world wanting to talk to you and want to come into you and say, no, no, that's not the life I'm living. I'm living this way, so I need to stay in connection to the Spirit of God. Now, let me show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. The Apostle Paul says, Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, do you notice what it says there? That we might know. So in other words, God's not keeping things back from you. He's wanting to open your understanding and let you know things freely. He ain't charge, he's not charging for them, right? He says freely. Can you imagine that, that tonight God has things he wants to speak to you and show you freely? But as long as you're thinking carnally, fleshly, like a meathead in the ways of the world, the course of the world, all these things that the world's offering, you're thinking that way. You can't get in contact with the spirit who's wanting to lead you and guide you and show you things that you freely want to know. Now, I'm not trying to be mystical or spooky, and I'm going to get down into some more of this here about explaining what it means to truly walk in the spirit, but I just want you to understand that there's two, there's two sides, flesh, spirit. Which one do you want to walk in? Goes on, he says in verse 13, these things also speak not in words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spitefully, not spitefully, they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, do you look at this? He says, spiritual discernment is going to look foolish to someone who's not born again. So if you say to someone, um, yeah, I love to go to church on Sunday. And they're like, what? That's the best time to go fishing. Oh, man, there, there was a, a missionary came through and, man, we gave money to rescue orphans. Why? Why'd you do that? To the non-believer, the spiritual things of God are foolishness because they're not even thinking about heaven. Right? So the, you just got to understand that's they're not ever going to understand it. But to people that are Christians that are born again, it should be a, a, a part of us that flows out of us having spiritual discernment. But there's so many Christians out there that still have one foot in the world or, or maybe even more than that. Let's just say they don't have one foot in the world. They just have their head stuck in the world like a dog with his head outside the car. You know, he's just lapping at the air. They got their head outside the car and all they're doing is thinking in the world, thinking in the flesh, but their body's stuck over here in the spirit. Because as long as you're thinking like everybody else in the world, well, then you know something? You didn't, you're, not, you're not using God 
and the spiritual discernment that's yours. Because if everybody in the world comes up with it, well, then wait a minute. God said he had this stuff that he freely wanted to give us. He said he wanted us to have the mind of Christ. All right. Using the power of God on the inside of you, the born again spirit of God on the inside of you to tap into the wonders and the glories and the things of heaven. It's pretty crazy. When you start to think about what Jesus did for us. That so many people to say, oh, thank you, Jesus, you died on me for the cross. You, you went and I'm going to go to heaven. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But not even realizing that God wants to speak to you, wants to talk to you. He wants to open your understanding. He wants to show you things. So let me show you how he wants to do it. And some of you may say, oh, man, we've heard that before. But you just wait. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You say, oh, we know that one. Well, you're going to hear it again tonight. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. See, there you go again. This world is always wanting to conform you. What's it wanting to conform you to? The ways of the world. But be transformed. We don't want to be conformed. We want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, here's where a lot of Christians lose it. Because, see, they don't want to go to the front. They want to go to the altar. They want to get born again. They want to know if they die, they're going to go to heaven. But they also want, like, the magic holy oil pulled over them that then everything lines up. But that's not what the Bible says. You have to renew your mind. You have to have a transforming by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you have to change your way of thinking. You have to change. He says that, you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, the human spirit that's been born again feeds on one thing. That's the word of God. What fuels your spirit to hear from heaven is God's word. That's what he gave it to us for. When you take God's word and you begin to read God's word, you begin to look into God's word. It does something. It ignites the spirit of God on the inside of you. You can't say, oh, well, I read the Bible once. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. The word of God is the fuel that feeds your spirit and brings the spirit of life out of you, brings the things freely given to you by God out shows you things that you can't even imagine, begins to just speak to your heart like only God could. And the world will say, well, it's a book. No, it's got, it's just printed pages. It's just ink on paper. No, it's not. It's the living word of God. And it's the fuel that feeds your spirit. And it's what goes in and renews your mind. Now, what's so interesting about this is that if you were in an auto mechanics class and you were learning how to tear a motor down and uh, you were going through and they were going through the, 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 the instructor was going through all the parts and saying, well, here, you know, here's the pistons, here's the rings, here's the camshaft, here's the crankshaft, going through all these things, going through all this stuff and showing you all these deals. But you just said, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I just don't really want to put it back together like that. I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it that way. You know what would happen? You would never get it running. Well, how come then as Christians, 
We want to say, oh, God, OK, I understand this, but, you know, I just kind of want to do it my way. And we don't want to read the word. We don't spend time. it. We don't look at it as the living word of God. We don't dig into it. We don't scratch it. And we don't look for it to be our every answer. Well, I'll tell you why you don't do that, because you're carnally minded. You're thinking carnally minded. You've never renewed your mind. And the only way you can renew your mind is to start having your mind be like Zacchaeus and say, wow, I just, God, you just tell, I see what you're saying, Lord. I just, man, that speaks to me. Lord, I'm going to rectify that. I'm going to take care of that. Oh, I'm going to do this over here. I want to take care of that. Thank you, Lord. Because what happened, Zacchaeus changed in a moment when he got in contact with Jesus from being a carnally minded person to being a spiritually minded person. Now, get to thinking about it. What was Zacchaeus doing? Went up the tree to just looking at Jesus? Well, I bet he heard Jesus speak. How do we know that Jesus didn't just get through preaching? Maybe Jesus just got through preaching, talking about the love of God. And Zacchaeus was listening to it. And the word began to touch him and fill him and boom. That's why that happened. Don't know. But I do know this, that when Paul says that we're supposed to renew our minds, the way you're going to renew your mind is what the word is to begin to feed on the word of God. Psalms 119, 130 says this. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The word, the entrance of your word gives light. It's the entrance of your word gives light. And then understanding to the simple. The only way you can renew your mind is to systematically sit down and read the word of God, begin to note the promises of God, begin to take every time the word you're reading, your, the Bible you're reading, every time, no matter where you are, what place, You see something that speaks to you. You take it, you write it down. Or if you're on your phone or your computer, you copy it, paste it, put it on your notes. Create something that then you keep meditating on until that promise becomes more real than what this world says is real. Then you've renewed your mind to the word of God. I do it all the time on my phone. I read my Bible of course, my Bible's falling apart. I have pieces of Bible here, but I like this one and I haven't got the same one, another one. But this is, I read my Bible. I like to read my Bible. I like to touch the pages. I like to scratch in it. I like to, to write around on it. But then I tell you what, man, you know, thank God for technology. I love my Bible uh, uh, my, on my phone and I take notes and I categorize them. And what I do is I put down healing scriptures. Confession scriptures, um, mission scriptures, power scriptures, my purpose. I write these things down. I have one here. It's called the secret place. And I every time I come across a scripture that speaks to me and I see it and it jumps out and I'm like, wow, I like that one. Then I find what category goes in over in my notes. Man, I drop that thing over there. Then I spend time during the day looking at them like, man, I'll give you here one right here. But I got to put my glasses on to see it. This is the last one I put in there this morning. Proverbs twenty-two twelve. 12. 
The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. When I read that, it hit me. I was like, wait a minute. You overthrow the words of the faithless. Man, I don't want my words to be faithless. I want to have faith-filled words because I don't want my words to be overthrown. And so I put it down in here so that I could just remember to remind myself, hey, don't be faithless in your words. Because if you're faithless in your words, Proverbs 22, 12 says, he's going to overthrow it. And so I have just scripture after scripture after scripture here written. Let me read you another one. Psalms 139.5. This is another one I put in. I don't know. It was a couple of weeks ago. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. I read that when I was kind of one morning. I was just like, I don't know, felt a little alone in life. And I read that and I started laughing. I said, Lord, thank you that you hedged me behind before you got me, you got your hand on me. Lord, you're always with me. Thank you for giving me that word. Those are the things that renew your mind unto the word of God. It renews your mind and gets your spirit in the right place where you can walk with God. But if you don't have a relationship with the word, uh, with the word like that, you don't have a relationship with God through the word. Maybe say it that way. You don't have a relationship with God through the word like that. What happens is you're not renewing your mind. So you're just going to have to digest all that the world throws at you. You're going to have to digest all of this stuff. And then you're going to have to try to be able to sort that out all in your mind. And I want to tell you something. That's why people are overwhelmed. That's why they're anxious. That's why Christians who are born again, that God says, I will hedge you before and behind and my hand is upon you. Don't believe it because they're living and looking at the world and all of that has infiltrated their mind and they're just heavy and burdened because that's all they're thinking about, not the truth of God's word. Because again, Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So I want to encourage you tonight as I wrap this session five up. I just want to encourage you tonight that, listen to me, if you're overwhelmed right now, it's because there's not enough word in you. There's not enough renewing of mind in you to overcome what's coming against you. I mean, that's the truth. The Bible says when our faith is small, I'm paraphrasing this. This is the way I say it to myself. When my faith's small, I'm going to fall. When I just have a little bit of faith, I'm not going to make it. Because in these days and times, it takes great faith. And so I want to pray for you and I want to encourage you tonight that you can do it. It's in your hands. It's in your grasp to do it, to renew your mind. But you've got to start on a systematic reading of the word of God, getting it into your heart. If you do not have that, I'm telling you, you're not really renewing your mind. If you've got a little devotional, like, you know, we put out a devotional here at the church. It's a good little devotional and all. But I'm telling you, there is not enough word in that devotional. If you just read that paragraph for that day to sustain you in this world, this time now, you better be devouring the word if you want to stay on top. And so I want to pray right now that you're going to get out of that bondage and you're going to get into a flow of the Holy Ghost, reading your word and staying in the word. And so if you want to get in agreement with me right now, stretch your faith out to me right now or stretch your faith out to the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that tonight I just declare that people have come alive to the possibilities, Lord, of you giving and speaking things to them freely. 
to speaking to their hearts and touching them, to having the living word erupt within their lives, to renewing their minds into the word of God. Lord, I believe you tonight that you just begin to just bless people all over the world. You begin to touch them. That, Lord, this is a new day, a new day with you. That, Lord, that those that are worried and overcome and are anxious, that, Lord, the anxiety leaves because your word comes. Your word comes into their life. They hear the still, small voice of the Lord speaking to them. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you that right now you just begin to touch people. And that what seemed impossible, they begin to know and realize that you are the God of the impossible. You can make anything happen. And so, Lord, I praise you tonight for blessing them, for touching them, for ministering to them, for lifting them up and getting them into that place, Lord God, with you. That it's a place of victory, a place of joy, that no longer are they tormented in their minds, no longer are they tormented in the world, Lord, because they're not going to quit thinking with their fleshly mind and start thinking with the thoughts of the spirit. And so, Lord, I praise you for that. I ask you to bless them tonight. Lord, bless their finances. Lord, bless their giving. Bless everything that their hands are touching. Let it prosper. And Lord, we just thank you so much and we give you praise that the spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.